just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and, as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Loki Podcast with John Ball from Present Influence. Now, this episode is the start of something a little different in terms of I'm not going to be having a guest for some of these episodes. I'm starting a series of shorter podcast episodes to specifically share my own knowledge and insights around the area of presentation, ability, and persuasion and influence skills. So my hope is that these will be much more digestible, easier bursts, but also to give you some idea about what I specialize in, in terms of being able to uh, teach and share presentation skills and abilities. One of the reasons why I especially focus on working with business owners and professionals is because we are now in an age where it's no longer really optional to be able to present and communicate yourself well in business environments. So many people, especially in the corporate world, will find themselves in positions now where you have to give a presentation. And many people with their own business may find themselves in networking and sales situations where you have no option but to present. Now, if your presentation ability is anything less than great, then that is going to affect your performance negatively and I am, I'm well aware that now there are many positions, especially in larger corporations, where the ability to present yourself well and to deliver a great presentation can be career-making and career-breaking. So there can be a lot of pressure attached to being able to do this. So one of the things that people often find themselves coming to me at is the point of where they have to give presentations or they've been given feedback that their communication or uh, that their presentation ability isn't good and they have to do something about it. Now, I don't mind people coming to me for whether if that's the reason or if they're being more proactive about doing it, I'm going still going to do my best to work with somebody. However, I would say now in the professional world, it really is essential to have great presentation and communication ability. And the more influential that you are able to be with that, the more you are going to stand out as a business leader. So really, that's what we all want to go for is standing out and being seen as someone who is likable, trustable, engaging and has great leadership skills. And the ability to present well in front of a group of people is one of the key characteristics now in leadership to the point where one of the areas where I've worked with people possibly the most is in the area of presentation skills in relation to leadership. 
where do people tend to go wrong then with this? Well, I'd say the one of the first things is that uh, the self-talk that comes up when people realize that they have to present is usually one of telling yourself you can't do it or you, you've never done this before, I'm going to suck at it. And the fear of what other people are going to think of you as well, the criticism you might get, the fears of negative judgment, in a, especially in a world where people are often very hypersensitive or just saying the wrong thing in the wrong way might land you in a world of trouble. Poor models is an issue as well. And by poor models, I mean the examples you've seen of presentations in the past. If within your business environment, the only kinds of presentations you've ever seen have been a death by PowerPoint kind of thing, where someone just has a ton of bullet points and information on slides and is essentially just reading them out, then the chances are you're going to model that thinking that that is what business presentations are supposed to be like. Well, I'm here to tell you that is not what business presentations are supposed to be like in fact i can't think of anything worse other than having tons of meetings that may be unnecessary what could be worse than actually sitting through presentations that put people to sleep Negative visualization is also a big problem here. And much as with something like fear of flying, with fear of flying, the reason why it often becomes a phobic response in terms of being an irrational fear is because start to replay over and over again all the potential disastrous consequences that could happen. Every plane, airplane disaster movie or news item we've ever seen all gets played overhead. We start creating a negative visualization of everything that could possibly go wrong. And that movie gets replayed over and over again in our heads. And that can certainly happen with presentations as well, that you can get into a, this sort of replay loop of everything that could potentially go wrong. Now, I'm not saying that there's no reason to get a bit nervous sometimes with presentations. I don't know anyone, I think, who doesn't have any kind of stage fright or presentation fear at all. But it's a bit different when you have the ability to utilize that and to make it work for you and to be able to understand what makes a good presentation so that even if you do make a few mistakes here or there, it's not going to matter and that people will still generally come away thinking, wow, that really rocked. You're very good at presenting instead of thinking of all the things that could go wrong, it's going to be more beneficial to focus on what can happen when it goes right. And really when presenting is done right in a business environment, it signifies good leadership. If you think about someone like the late Steve Jobs, for example, now Steve Jobs is a great example of someone who presented to his business and presented as a visionary, presented engaging, interesting, and often inspirational presentations to Apple. And ones that are still played again in, in today and used as examples of great public speaking and present business presentation. Now, not every presentation that you have to give has to be inspirational and motivational, but certainly all presentations could benefit from being more engaging and less boring. You want to have a greater level of connection, and that will happen when presentations are done well, when you understand how to connect with the people who are listening to you and watching you give a presentation, and how to create better engagement with that as well, to actually have people not just listening to you, but actively engaged and understand that presenting is more of a conversation. People think it's more of a talking to, but it's not presenting in any situation is still a conversation. 
Your ability to communicate is also going to be vastly improved when you can present well. And certainly being able to communicate to groups of people at a time is a valuable gift. And in order to do that, you, there, there are some things that you can learn. You have to understand firstly how you communicate, what is your more natural style. You do actually have a communication style, you have a leadership style, and it's important to understand those and to understand if they are serving you well. And one client who I worked with last year particularly wanted some help around the leadership aspects of presentation and communication. So we worked together on a 10-week program that I put together for him because specifically he had never been taught any leadership skills within his business at all. In fact, nobody in a leadership position that he was aware of in that company had any kind of leadership training. Now, to me, in today's modern environment, business environment, that's a bit shocking that a business could be so short, short-sighted enough to have um, high-level leaders who have never had any kind of leadership training. It is still sometimes assumed that as people rise up through the ranks of a business that they will naturally acquire these abilities, and that doesn't always happen. In fact, it rarely happens. Leadership skills are something that do need to be taught and trained, and we do need to understand what makes great leaders and to be able to understand how and when to adapt and change uh, and communicate different leadership styles. The chances are when you are able to give great presentations within business that you're going to be specifically recognized for your ability to do that and probably rewarded as well because there is an assumption that people who can present and communicate well are more natural leaders. So that is going to set you apart from other people because most people are probably very afraid and don't do a good job because most people's fear gets the better of them. But when you understand what to do, how to do it, and you are prepared as you can be, then the chances are you are going to deliver at least a good presentation, maybe even a great one, and that is going to differentiate you from everyone else out there. One thing that has been interesting to see over recent months, there has been a lot of activity, certainly time recording, in the Democratic leadership elections in the US. One of the candidates who really interested me a lot was Andrew Yang. Now, I know he dropped out some time back, but he's still an interesting guy. Now, for me, it was interesting because one of the things that he was talking about that no one else was, was about universal basic income. Now, I don't want to get into all the ins and outs of what that means but it was an understanding that uh, that the business and working world is changing that many jobs and positions are already in the process of being replaced by robots and artificial intelligence and that that is likely to continue to a point where many of the jobs and uh, and businesses that we know and understand now will mostly be operated by robots and ai in the future one of the areas where that probably isn't going to happen, is in any kind of area that requires human empathy and connection. So the uh, any kind of role where you need to present and need to educate or entertain is going to be one where you will probably still do well and you will still be needed. In fact, we will probably see, we probably will see more different kinds of jobs and roles coming up. But we may also be in a position where there just aren't jobs for for the majority of people, uh, especially outside of the outside of the realms of education and entertainment. So if you are in a business position where you can present and you can actually get good at doing that, you are going to become a key player 
when you have the ability to stand out and to do that well, and you're going to be somewhat, you, this is like future-proofing yourself, really. You could call it that, because this is no longer a soft skill. This is a critical element of leadership, and uh, particularly in the business world. If you have your own business, especially if you are in a service-based business where you are in front of clients regularly and you're presenting yourself for that business, it's essential to be able to do that. To not be able to do that well is going to negatively impact your results in the future. The ability to present and communicate well is going to gain you a much higher level of trust amongst people who you work with and amongst customers as well. So being able to communicate a clear message confidently gives people reassurance. If you see in, if you look in the political world, it's nearly always the best communicators who do the best in elections, although that's not necessarily always the case. But if you look for maybe examples, good examples would be someone like Barack Obama, who was definitely a good speech giver and could uh, could deliver a clear and well-communicated message in a very confident style that people could get behind. Bill Clinton, also a really good example of that. And uh, it's, hard, it's a bit harder to think of some in UK politics, but I'm sure they're there, uh, but certainly not so much in recent times. Um, but uh, certainly you think back to people like maybe along, along the lines of Winston Churchill, probably one of the nation's most uh, most treasured leaders in the UK, uh, who was a great communicator, a speech giver. In fact, his speeches are still studied by many people as, as great oration. So it's important to understand that there's a difference between being naturally gifted and being a, a learned or taught presenter. And whilst it's good to have both together, the people who are naturally good at presenting or public speaking tend to be just people who are more naturally extroverted, who have less fear about getting up on a stage and speaking in front of people, and, and just more natural comfort in doing that. In fact, sometimes even um, really feeling more fulfilled from doing that as well. But for, for people who are perhaps a bit more introverted, but people who are very much stuck in that what will people think of me kind of mentality, it's important to to get over that and to recognize probably the first time you do give a presentation is going to suck. You're going to be bad at it because very few people are good at something the first time that they do it. So it is important to get out of this idea of thinking that you have to be great at this, that you have to be perfect at it from the get-go. People often give up uh, very quickly, and I've seen this in uh, in groups like Toastmasters, where they maybe give their first presentation or they get up and give an improvised speech for a minute or two, and it doesn't go as well as they hoped it might do, or they trip up, or they get stuck on what to say, and, and they feel super embarrassed, or they uh, feel like they've messed up, and they don't want to come back because they feel embarrassed about it. And yet in an environment like Toastmasters, you will find that most of the people that have been in that situation, that they understand it, and they're still wishing you success anyway, that you sh there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Everyone is there supporting you, even if it's going horribly wrong. Now, Toastmasters International is uh, an organization of public speaking clubs that exist around the world. Some larger corporations have their own in-house in Toastmasters clubs. So if you are lucky enough to be in a business that has, that has their own Toastmasters, 
Toastmasters Club, you may want to check it out because it might be specifically relevant and useful to you. If you're not, if you're maybe more in a position like me where you are perhaps a, a small business owner, then you may have to look at uh, may have to look at more local clubs. The chances are that there is a Toastmasters Club somewhere near you, or one that you can get to in a reasonable travel time. And I recommend checking it out. It's uh, free to attend. You can go as many times as you want as a guest. I've been a member for, I think, about two years now. And I, I'm on the Pathways, the Pathways uh, system that they use, which is a system of helping you, uh, firstly helps you figure out what is going to be most useful to you in your work or career in terms of what you learn and what you give in your speeches. But more than anything else, it's an opportunity to go and practice getting up in front of other people and speaking, sometimes improvising, and getting feedback for doing that as well that's going to help you improve and grow. And this is where you need to understand the difference between the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And if you've never read uh, Dr. Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, I highly recommend it because a fixed mindset is one of the things that you have to be good at everything from the start. And that if you mess up, if you fuck it up now and again, that that takes something away from you. And it doesn't. It means that you have room for growth and development. And this is why a growth mindset is much healthier because even if you get up and give your first presentation and everything that could go wrong goes wrong, the growth mindset is one that says, okay, well, next time I'll do it better. There are things I can learn from this experience to improve upon from the next time. It doesn't mean that I'm not good at this. It just means I'm not good at it yet, that I can become better at it. So I encourage you to have more of a growth mindset with what you move forward with here and to understand that anybody can become a better public speaker. I want to wrap this episode up with something that you can practically apply for yourself that's going to start helping, and that's to start working on the mindset aspect of it. So here is one thing that you must, must stop doing in order to become better at presenting, and that is that you must stop telling yourself that you can't do it. You have to change the internal conversation that is going on from an unsupportive one that tells you you can't into a supportive one. So the one thing that you must start doing is telling yourself that you can do it. So you either tell yourself, I can do this, or I can become a better speaker, or I will get better at this. That's something that is more empowering, something that is more positive than I can't do this, or I'm going to suck, or I'm going to fuck it up, or whatever it's going to be. Change that internal conversation. Try and catch yourself out when you're doing it, and change the negative to the supportive instead. As you practice your affirmation, if you like, as you practice changing that internal conversation, the more you strengthen that, the easier it's going to become. Now, I would say it's important not just to work on the mindset, but to strengthen that even further by putting something into action. So perhaps check out your local Toastmasters organization. If you're lucky enough to be in the city of Valencia, you're welcome to join my Toastmasters club here. If you are in a major city, it's probably going to be a lot easier, especially London. There's a number of clubs. You can, you might have your, you might be sport for choice. You can find a club that you really like and that you really connect with. If you are somewhere more in the countryside or in the sticks, you might find it a bit harder to find a club that's close to you. 
if there is not a club anywhere near you, you could also look at starting a club up or starting up a meetup group to do exactly this and start practicing your public speaking and presentation skills. This is something that everyone can benefit from becoming better at and say it's no longer a soft skill. This is a critical element of leadership and professional development now. If you'd like a great book recommendation to help you move forward, I recommend the book I mentioned earlier, Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck, that will help you understand what a growth mindset is. That's going to help you not just in this area, but in every other area of your life as well. I hope you've enjoyed this slightly shorter episode of the Loki podcast. I'm going to have some more of these where I'll be sharing some more specific tips and skills and strategies around presentation and influence skills as we go forward as well. Probably some more book recommendations too. We're going to continue with some more great guests coming up in the future as well. I hope you enjoyed this somewhat shorter episode of the Loki podcast. And there's certainly going to be more coming your way. I have a bit of a series planned here. Where I'm going to do some deeper dives into different areas of presentation and influence skills. If you have any particular suggestions for areas that you would like me to cover in some of these episodes, please do contact me, john at presentinfluence.com. I'd love to hear your ideas or connect with me through the through on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter accounts. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you like and subscribe to stay updated for future episodes. If you think you'd make a great guest on the Loki podcast, or you know someone who would, or you have any feedback that might help us to improve the show in the future, please email me directly, john at presentinfluence.com, or visit the Present Influence website or our LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter accounts. We look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you there and seeing you again on a future episode of the Loki podcast.